touch. That certainly didn't go to the required on the left. Amble was so clever, so good. And Murphy is it. What a goal. What a blues. The young and the old together. The ground and there it is. Paulson, McGovern again. Oh, yes. This to give Carlton the lead. They're in front. The Blue Boys. Stopping and dropping. Bits gets in and takes the end of Garland. And you can put down the glasses. It's an amigo. It's an amigo that will finish it off. Kick it, Jeffrey. He does. Carlton are on their way to Sydney. Blue Baggers, it's time to welcome a very special guest onto the Blues Footy Podcast. It's his fifth season at the club, and we're very lucky to have a man of his calibre as the coach of our backline, Dale Amos. Welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Great to be on, boys. Really appreciate it. Just before we get into it, Dale, on behalf of all Carlton fans and members, we'd just like to take a moment to thank you, as well as the staff, the coaches and the players, for the sacrifices you've made to ensure our game goes ahead in this season 2020. Thanks, Dad. Look, I... We're fortunate, I guess, in a way that we're able to continue on and the, the season, the AFL's done a great job to be able to carry the season on. So um, we appreciate uh, everyone's support and understand the, the role that we play, I guess, in a, in a challenging time for, for everyone, uh, particularly in Victoria. Yeah, of course. Of course, Dale, we're living in unprecedented times, which has led to the club moving into a hub, travelling around the country together. What does a day in the life of Dale Amos look like in the hub? Well, I, I guess the the biggest difference for us is we were a little bit nomadic in terms of uh, gym, in terms of training, in terms of meetings. So our players have been phenomenal in being able to be flexible and adjust like that. But uh, I guess to give you an example, yesterday was a training day for us. So currently we're training in, in smaller groups, um, which is part of the protocols. And so we left here at eight up and had breakfast with um, with a few of the players and some of the families that are here. Uh, get prepped and then head off to training. We trained outside Metricon yesterday. We were there for about two hours. We, we, we trained, so the backs were one of the first groups. We trained uh, at one end and the forwards were at the other. And then we jumped on a bus and we head across to, to Bond University. We've been really fortunate to have access to their great facilities to, to do our weights and they've got a great recovery centre there. So we're across for that. Then post that, we hop on the bus again and head back to the back to where our accommodation is. Uh, we're staying at the Mercure on the on the Gold Coast, and we uh, come back and had lunch. And then there was some some line meetings just that afternoon. And then uh, I finished some individual reviews. And then uh, last night we start our our planning for this week. So uh, Brent Manson, who's our opposition analyst, he, he presented the Collingwood uh, preview for this week. We started preliminary discussions about you know, this week and the team this week and what it might look like and tactically what we might do. And then we finished up about, you know, past five, six o'clock last night and then uh, dinner with the players. There was a table tennis tournament that's been, been going on and um, we're up to the semi-finals. and uh, Ed Curdo took, took on Cameron Bruce last night and took him down yeah. in, in two pretty tight sets. So that was um, wildly entertaining. And then... Um, you know, that the final that's coming up, which is the Kerno brothers um, oh. head to head in, in the final, so that'll be uh, something to behold. Can we get an online stream of the Kerno brothers in the final? Oh, it'd be it'd certainly be a spectacle. I'd imagine <laughs> it'd be uh, it's going to be some sort of performance put on by both of them. They're um, they're extremely talented on the table tennis table, that's for sure. But um, so yeah, that, that's 
that's kind of a bit of a snapshot. That was a you know typical training type day, and that's um, that's what we uh, that's what I went through yesterday. How'd you go in the table tennis tournament? I was horrible. I got I got knocked out by Mitch McGovern very early. Um, <laughs> there's some quite a few talented players, and uh, there's been quite a few. Zach Fisher talked himself up pretty high. Harry Mackay talked himself up. They went deepish in the tournament, but I think um, we've got our two rightful finalists in the in the two Kerno brothers. Yeah, no, it does sound very busy and I guess fun. But do you believe living together in the same hub has brought, I guess, the playing group and the staff closer together? And I guess if it has, just how beneficial has that experience been for the culture of the footy club? Oh, I think there's no doubt about that. Particularly, we've got quite a young group, so I think it's been it's been brilliant for our group to be able to spend a lot of time together. There's the obvious challenges in being away from family. Um, you know, fortunate now that quite a few of the families have come up and they're here with us on the on the Gold Coast, but. Yeah, look, we spent a lot of time together, you know, playing cards. It's just the social time that you don't normally get when you're normally at home. But, you know, that's been been great for us. I think the other thing that's really, you know, stood out above everything else is the players' ability to be able to cope and adapt. And, you know, we, we had a second dose of quarantine when we went to over to Perth, which meant that we were in lockdown for another two weeks when we got there. And the players just got on with it. We had to move hotels at one point and they just packed their stuff up and they move and... Um, we had to, you know, pack a truck post game after the Fremantle. You know, we had the amazing win against Fremantle, where Jack Nunes kicks the goal. Yeah. <laughs> we get back to the ho- we get back to the hotel, and you know, we have to pack the all the property and truck to leave um, to come back to the Gold Coast the next day. And you know, all the players are down there helping to pack the truck and putting bags on. And so, you know, it's been it's been really a pleasant surprise. I think the attitude of you know, the staff, but, you know, the players as well and their adaptability and ability to be able to embrace whatever was in front of them. And, and even if things change, they've, they've been unbelievably adaptable and um, just risen to the challenge, which has been really pleasing to see. No, that is really good to hear. And I guess it's kind of showing on the field because I guess, look, Dale, our back line at the moment, they're operating like a well-oiled machine. I've always kind of been of the belief that a successful team starts with a rock-solid defence and look, it looks like we've now got that established. You know, it's just coming together week in, week out in the back line. Is this a testament to the return of, you know, Sam Doherty as well as the growth of Jacob Wiedering? Or is it just literally everyone playing their role week in, week out? Look, I think it's a combination of all those things. I think I think we've seen, uh, you know, Doc, Doc's obviously enormously influential on the field. He is, you know, even if it's not from in terms of statistically, he's, he's influential in how he sets up and, and the composure and, and uh, organisation he provides for the back line. So it's obviously great to have him back and, you know, combine that with the, the growth of, you know, Jacob Weedering and Liam Jones and Tom Williamson. You know, Samo's played some really good footy this year and, and I think probably, you know, even defensively, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen Kate Simpson play better you know maybe offensively his output has been greater but defensively he's been able to do a job play on small forwards um defensive has been really sound uh and Lockie Plowman you know who's probably a little bit underrated and finished you know not internally I think you know he's able to finish third now best and fairest last year we put on the the most dangerous sort of medium small forward every week and and gets the job done now has continued on some really good form I think it's all those things, and I think it's also combined with the fact that that group has now had a bit of continuity. They've been able to play together week in, week out, which is, you look at all the best sides in the competition and the ability to be able to get a group, and we're probably in a slightly bigger group, which we're getting closer to now with you know, Cam Polson playing some great footy in the reserves and Harrison McCready and, and Marchie sort of edging closer to being being available again as well. 
you know, there's a group there that's going to hopefully play a fair bit of footy together, you know, that's going to hold the footy club in great stead, you know, particularly with our key position post pretty pretty solid at the moment in, in Jacob and, and Liam. No, that's, that's absolutely fantastic to hear. And to be honest, it's just evident on the field each week. We can see it as fans watching on the TV and we don't actually even get to see everything that goes on behind the ball. So the fact that it's working so well and it's evident to see is fantastic. Dale, we've all been waiting for this and it's fantastic to have read that Caleb Marchbank is back on the track and playing scrap matches. We heard Daniel O'Keefe mention he's been trialled on the wing. Going forward, where do you see his best footy being played? I think part of the, the wing time is his ability to be able to be a little bit flexible. I think now you play against sides that have, have the different setups. You know, some weeks you play, like we played against West Coast a few weeks back, and they, they had three genuine tall forwards playing in, in their front half, which meant that, you know, a bit of the time, because Lockie Plowman was playing on a small, it meant that you know, Tom Williamson's playing like a third tall defender. I think when you play those sides, Marchie becomes really valuable because he's got the capacity to play like a third tall defender. And then, and then you'll play weeks where um, we'll get a little bit of it this week against Collingwood, who typically have gone in with the two talls, and then they're smaller around that. Um, so I think if Marchie has the capacity to be able to play some wing time, I think that gives us enormous flexibility and it makes us, him really valuable f- for us as a team. So he's got the capacity to play on the wing. I think I think his, his core role will be as a defender. He's very good in that role. I think you know, his intercept marking and ability to be able to use the ball and and offensively get involved as a as a tall defender is um, you know significant and, and he can play a really important role for us there. But I think being able to play on the wing will, will certainly give him great flexibility and help us as a team. I think you know a wingman of his size who can run the way he does, use the ball the way he does, and potentially get forward and mark the ball. Uh, I think it'd be a great asset for us. No, I agree. I think flexibility in the modern game is pivotal. And something we've also noticed just by recording every week is that the general fan base seems to be split on where to best utilise what we'd call a major asset to the team, Sam petrevsky Seedon. I guess he was drafted as a midfielder, but in the last 12 months he's developed really nicely in his role in the back half of the ground. Um, is this the position we can expect to see Samo playing in for the time being in the near future? I think in the short term, I think I think he's got scope. Samo can play anywhere. I think he's... You know, he, he could be a really dangerous small forward. Um, but, you know, he's also going to have the capacity out of play as a mid. And, and, you know, one suspects, depending on, you know, how his growth continues to go as a halfback, he, he may spend significant time in the midfield as, as his career progresses. But the thing with Samo that, that stands out, his defensive crowd, a bit like, you know, Simo, I guess, a little bit that, you know, he's, he's defending far better than, than he has been when he first got sort of thrown, yeah. thrown in down there. And he's, you know, able to play on... Um, dangerous small forwards again and get his job done. We we love his run and his ball use out of the the back line. He he has the ability to be able to see players that other players can't. Um, he's so composed with ball in hand, and we we love his ability to be able to do that. So I think sometimes in the development of players, you see there's a little bit of a curve where you almost go backwards to go forwards, and and Samo's kind of lived through that, and I think he's starting to come out the other side where because his defence is improving and his ability to be able to win contests is improving at times his production has slightly dried up he'll find the balance with that and, and and that will level out and he'll be able to do both he'll be able to defend his opponent and he'll also be able to provide an enormous run and drive and ball use out of our back half i think he's just starting to come out the other side of that and we'll see the best of him playing at half back in the in the back half of this year and i think going forward as well no absolutely and 
us watching week after week, we can see it as well. The well, growth is and evident. We, and we've seen what he can do with the ball. That last half an hour against Port Adelaide, when oh, he, he was, was moving on to the ball, was massive. Yeah, outstanding with the ball. Uh, Dale, someone we want to talk about, Lockie Plowman, his form, particularly in our last eight matches, has been extremely impressive. He's a very reliable defender, and we've seen in recent weeks, he's actually starting to use the ball really well and help set up the play up the ground. Obviously, he finished third in the best and fairest last season, as you mentioned, but we feel like he's taken his game to the next level in 2020. Us fans watching on the TV, we don't get to see everything he does off the ball. Are you able to provide us with some insight into the role he plays and just how important he is for our defensive structure? Yeah, absolutely. I guess we have the two key key position players in Liam and, and Jacob who get the job done every week and turn up and, and we kind of pencil them in for the role. The, the, the next one for us is every week, it's it's who's who's the next most dangerous? Is he tall? Is he small? You know, who's it going to be? And, and Plough goes to that play every single week. Uh, you know, it's very rare to see him him beaten. You know, even, you know, I know Robbie Gray kicked the, the goal uh, against Port Adelaide, but I thought he was phenomenal on Robbie. You know, the amount yeah, of times of a one-on-one contest and his ability to be able to win those, he often ends up as the deepest forward. I mean, a lot of sides are now playing that medium, small type player as the as the deepest forward rather than a key position player. So, you know, he often is quite isolated and has to get a job done with a lot of space around him, and and he's able to do that. He's probably our best at being able to defend players on the lead. You know, he's good in the air. He's good on the ground. Um, the thing that that makes him the most valuable, or there's probably two things that make him the most valuable asset to us as a, as a defensive group. One is he organises and sets up other players as well. He's very good at, at understanding the game, being able to get them in the right spot. Um, and the other thing, which is not always the case with a player who plays in his type of position, is he, he will always come off and help his teammates out if that's what he needs to do. He, he won't just stay with his man if he needs to roll off and defend someone because somebody else has come out or there's somebody more dangerous. He's always he's always going to put the team first and do that. And I think, you know, internally as coaches and internally as players, that's why we love him so much. He's always he's always putting his teammates and the team first. He's he's happy to play whatever role he needs to, but you know, it's never been one about him preserving his statistics or looking after his matchup or making sure his man doesn't touch the ball. He's he's doing what the team needs him to do, which is why we we love him so much. And um, you're right, I think he's. He's starting to provide more run and his ball use in the last month in particular has been exceptional. He's kicked the ball really well, um, shows really good options and, and he's certainly helped our ball movement from the back half to give us inside 50s. Yeah, no, 100%. And just one last one from us before we let you go. As you touched on beforehand, Cam Polson has taken on a new defensive role in 2020 and from all reports that we're reading, he's thriving and edging closer to the 22 each week. Um, what role is he, you know, specifically playing, and how close is he to breaking into the 22? And I guess is he someone we can expect to see more of as we get into a congested fixture? Yeah, he, he is. He's um, his form is going to warrant him being in the in the selection conversation in the in the next period of time. We, we really liked initially. We liked Cam's run and overlap and ball use out of the of the back half, and and that's. Uh, something he's worked really hard on and continue to grow. Uh, but a bit like um, we talked about Samo before and, and Cade, you know, that his, his ability to be able to defend and get his job done versus a, a dangerous small forward or any small forward is um, is something that he's really improved uh, in his time playing in the reserves. He's worked phenomenal. He, his, his appetite to get better in terms of on the track, working at his craft, and, and probably, you know, a lot of credit 
goes to Sam Doherty and Cade Simpson who have invested a fair bit of time in him in terms of watching vision, educating him, talking to him, which is, you know, a real credit to those guys and a, an indication of the culture of the footy club. I think now that those guys are investing, you know, particularly for someone like Cade who, you know, is, is training up someone who, who might eventually take his spot, you know, is a great testament to the character and the, and the culture within the footy club. So, it's been a bit of a group effort. I think Cam's had a great attitude towards it. He's he's certainly starting to perform really well in games in the reserves, and particularly the last couple of weeks. So we're really excited about what he adds in terms of particularly speed and power from the back half, and hopefully um, he can provide some great drive when he gets his opportunity. But um, he's certainly in the conversation. He's forced his way into that through uh, his performances in the last few weeks. Dale, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. We Thank you, and once again, thank everyone at the club for the sacrifices you're making so we get to watch footy in 2020. We really appreciate it, and wishing you all the best of luck for this weekend's match. Yeah, thanks, guys. We, um, we're fortunate enough we've been able to play in front of a, a couple of crowds, uh, both in Perth and, and here uh, in Queensland, and we feel the love there, and we can feel all the support. You know, the, the Blue Baggers um, all over the country have been phenomenal in terms of their support of the footy club, and... Uh, you know, hopefully for us, we're providing a little bit of joy for for the supporters all over the over the country. And uh, I think the um, you know the effort that the players are putting every every week, you know, the the performances they're putting out there, whilst there's a little bit of polish to add on the top, you can, I think everyone would agree that the efforts there every single week, which is a an indication of how invested they are, how how dedicated they are, and how much they want to perform for for themselves, but also for uh, for all the supporters over the country. So we feel it, and we um, we appreciate everyone's support. No, thank you. We And we can definitely see the amount of effort that everyone's putting in. And we, we can see it on the field as well as off the field every week. So we really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us today. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. Blue Baggers, we hope you enjoyed this very special edition of the Blues Footy Podcast. We thank Dale for taking some time out of his very busy schedule to join us today. And as we mentioned earlier, our back line is operating like a well-oiled machine. And this is a testament to the work he's put in over his five years at the club to transform our backline into what it is today. Blue Baggers, we hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to this week's match against the Pies. And until next time, up the Baggers. They will know that they've been playing against the famous 